What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 18th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Renee Zamora. I just finished re-listening to our conversation. I wrote down several things that are game changers. Renee shares wisdom from raising his two boys who are now adults. One area that will be incredibly helpful is in dealing with my kids when they make mistakes. You know, talking with Renee, it helps me really understand um, how to pause and, and ask myself, why and how am I showing up to my kid's mistake? Am I bringing my own stuff into this? Uh, the other vibe that I so appreciated from Renee is just his humility. I truly strive to live in that place. Enjoy meeting my friend Renee. Before we get started, I want to share something so exciting with you. I am launching a children's book to connect fathers to their sons and you get to be a part of it. I am running a crowdfunding opportunity through Kickstarter from May 20th through June 21st, 2022. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, or my website, rebelandcreate.com to learn more and help make this book possible. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I am so excited to be talking fatherhood with my friend, Renee Zamora. Renee, welcome to the podcast. Man, it's great to be here. It's good to be talking about other things besides business tonight. Yeah, Thank that's you. that's right. You know, we've connected the past year um, on some business items, but the of course, you know, two passionate dads uh, conversation around the you know around a meal got into fatherhood, and so we said, hey, we got to put this uh, put push record on this one day. So here we are mm -hmm. talking fatherhood. So I'm yeah. going to ask a few questions just to kind of uh, help people know who I'm talking to here. How sure. old do you find yourself today? I am 62, closing in on three. Nice. Okay. 62. And how many years have you been married? 37, almost 38. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, man, I tell you, that is like one of the greatest gifts uh, that you could give the world is that's a long time, man. I'm 38 <laughs> years old. So to, to be able to say I've been married for that long is really incredible. So thank you for that. Sure. Um, and how many kiddos do you have? We have two boys, four grandkids. Two boys and four grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible, incredible. And then where do you live? Uh, I, we live in Auburn, California, just uh, east of Sacramento, close to Tahoe. Perfect. And then um, when you think about fatherhood, um, mm -hmm. what's something that you learned about yourself? You know, you think of all the different stages that you went through. And when you're, when you get married, when you live on your own, when you have your first kid, when your kid turns 10, when your kid drives, you've been through all these stages. When you think yeah. of those stages, what's something you've learned about yourself? I'm willing to apologize. Mm. <laughs> I told my, <laughs> I told my boys early on after I realized how many mistakes I've made. I said, well, one thing you're going to learn from me guys is how to apologize. 
because I just needed to a lot of times, you know, mm. didn't get it right all the time. And I was probably behaved and acted in ways. Was it my, was it my intended behavior? <laughs> but that's like the process of learning. Like, as you say that, Absolutely. right. That's the process of learning. And we're constantly doing that. If we allow ourselves to learn from our, from sure. our mistakes, failures, downfalls, yeah. whatever that is. How do you so think I, that's, <laughs> how do you think that's played out into your kids? Um, they're willing to do the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they know I'm honest, uh, about that. They know that, uh, if I'm on the wrong track that I'll get back on the right track. So they, they just know that, you know? And, uh, so I think it keeps uh, a good trust level. Uh, both my boys call me, uh, still, they called me, our mom, my mom or their mom, <laughs> my wife, Carolyn, um, and so that's cool, you know, in their thirties and check in with us weekly. Mm. And so, I mean, can't ask for much more than that, at, you know, for adults to be checking in with their parents and just friends a little bit. That's interesting to tie those two together. You know, when you think about apologizing, I think sometimes as a man, my first thought is, dang it, I messed up again. Like it makes me feel like a failure, right? Yeah. But that's not my identity. My identity isn't that I'm a failure of a dad. It's that I made a mistake. And so I had to go apologize. Now, what I like is that you tie those together is you talked about the vulnerability basically that came from apologizing is probably a key component that has led to where your, your kids now grown adults want to call you and have conversation because they see you as a real human being and a friend, I guess. Yeah. Well, they just, I mean, they don't have to be afraid, you know, or worry about what I'm going to um, say or, you know, judge them on. And if I, you know, have a strong opinion one way or the other, they know they can speak back. I mean, you're talking about learning from my kids. Someone did, we were I was talking to another parent the other day about, she was saying, I, I like learn from my kids. I said, yeah, so, you know, we all do, I guess, I hope. Uh, but one time, like learning something that I didn't, understand uh um my oldest boy is probably teenage listening to music and so this is probably 20 you know 18 20 years ago and he was listening to tupac and, and rap and you know and i just didn't that wasn't my music i didn't get it you know just like my parents didn't get led zeppelin right you know? right uh, and so it just sounded scary it was scary to me that, that's the truth you know i was scared he was gonna get influenced in a bad way and so i tried to ban that and for you know he was just getting old enough to say like no <laughs> not no you don't understand dad yeah and uh, i still remember we were sitting we stopped at a rest stop on a long drive and uh the moment i listened you know and said all right give me the headphones <laughs> let me learn you know and start listening to tupac and just kind of hearing some of his music and message i mean I, he's not i'm not a big Fan of his, but but I got yeah. that there's stuff there that's legit, you know, mm. and so I'm okay with that. It's like he's just he's going to listen to stuff. He's got to make his own decisions on what he does with it. Interesting. I love how you said you paused and you stopped. You're obviously on some kind of road trip or something, and you stopped to listen. So instead of just hammering down as the dad, like, no, this isn't what our family's about. Uh, which at some point you probably need to do that on some things, but on this, yeah, you sure. pa you paused and you listened. Um, and you were able to, to go, okay, I, I see that I hear this, this, and this, right. 
which kind yes, of but I want I do want to that the audience understand that I didn't just get there like in five minutes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it might, yeah. might have been a couple of weeks, but finally he got. But he was, but you know, he's also uh, he was a good boy and he's a good man, and so he wasn't. He was saying I was proud that when I got by it, I was proud that he was speaking his truth and his passion, mm-hmm. you know. But it was actually also a beginning stage for me to start. Um, seeing him more uh, as a soon-to-be man, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like. Changing to have that conversation with them, you know, that that parenting shift from a a little kid to a to having a conversation with him. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. When you think about fatherhood, what would you describe the role of the father as? Well, first thing that comes to mind is leader. You know, owning it. Um, mm. So of the family, I mean, people just, you know, it's part of my business too, being a leader, but um, if you're ever in a room and in a group of people and everyone, you know, they all got pulled together and there's ideas going around, but like no one's giving any direction. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There's no one saying, Hey, why don't we do this? When no one steps up and does that, you're just kind of left. And so in a, I feel like in a family, you know, God kind of made us be the leader. So lead. <laughs> and it doesn't mean bossy. It just means that like when everyone <laughs> turns and looks at you, it's time to lead. <laughs> Man, Renee, that is probably the best example that I've ever heard of what it means to be le- leader. So you started by saying, I'm a lead. Uh, the, you said uh, the, the role is a leader. And it's to own that. Okay. So when you're in that room, let's say you're home and everybody's kind of like stumbling through life because nobody's taking charge because maybe you as a man saw a leader as a bossy, douchey jerk. And so that's what you think of when you think of leader, you think of like hammer, you know, I'm the patriarch, whereas it's, it's not necessarily leading isn't having all the answers. Leading isn't making all the decisions. Leading is the one stepping up saying, Hey, let's go this way. And then, oh, and get people's opinions and have conversation, but that there's somebody that you look to that's going to take charge. And I just, I I love that because I feel like so many homes right now are in chaos. Like our world is already in chaos. And then for our homes to also be in chaos, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And I think, uh, I mean, what's coming to me right now is, uh, (laughs) I don't even know, just there's someone's got to lead. And we're all different personalities, you know, and uh, this might go against some people. But, you know, I just think the father has that figure, but I'm not against the mom being the leader. You know what I mean? In a family, I'm just being honest, you know, because there's going to be different personalities and how those families are built. And so I don't know. Don't know if that goes against anyone, but I don't never really said it before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the example I've always really liked is um, if I'm going to dance with my, with my wife, let's just say, I'm going to dance. Somebody has to take that first step, but we've got to be in sync together. And, and in my opinion, you know, she's trusting that I'm going to take that first step. Now she's going to play a big old role in what that dance is like. But, um, I just see that too many men seem to be a bit passive and, and they're not really embracing who they are. And it doesn't have to be this, Okay, well, I'm the boss of this place. It, it, it it's love and grace and and servanthood. Um, I mean, just fig- I mean, just 
think about it. I mean, who, you know, the word says, you know, women submit to your husbands. I mean, who's going to want to submit to some tyrant? Nobody. Nobody. You know what I mean? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I, I just love the example of uh, in a room because we've all been in a room where it's awkward. We don't know who to look to to lead. Um, right. And so I think that's just a great example for us to, to see um, who we are. Um, so this podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes, where we're just going to open up your field notes a bit, share some of your life, share a couple stories so that us fathers can collectively grow together. But the theme behind the podcast is called is, is Rebel and Create. And it can be tied to something small, like I'm rebelling against uh, leaving the house at 5 a.m. so that I can wake my kids up in the morning. Uh, Two, I'm rebelling against, you know, what masculinity looks like and what I saw as a kid and what I think fatherhood and manhood should be like. So when you think of those two words, rebel and create, what's something you're rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Um, I think I rebelled. I was very... uh... I, I, I really, I was brought up, uh, going to church, but I committed my life to the Lord when I was, uh, around 24, 25. And so, um, that's where my real journey started. Mm. And, uh, I, I dive in with all, everything. And so I just kind of got real legalistic, you know, mm. <laughs> and so on how everything's supposed to be. And I remember one of the freeing moments was me. I'll get to the rebel thing here in a sec. The freeing moments was in a parking lot at church when I was yelling at the boys. And it was like, oh, I just yelled at the boys in the church parking lot. And it's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> you know, it because it, I've it kind of exposed the fact that I was being different. You know, I was not, I was putting on a little bit of a show because uh, uh, at home we, sparks wide yeah and uh and so uh that was so i think my rebellion is against um i don't know made up made up conformity you know or made up ways that we think we need to be and and i'm not uh, not a rebel to try to be anti Mm -hmm. just be more be authentic and uh, allow people to accept me or not accept me and um yeah i think that's also been something to um my boys have seen in me over the lifetime is to see how my, my faith and commitment to God has not wavered and only gotten deeper uh, through uh, the years. But, you know, I think they see the relationship more than ah, when you're younger in parenting, you got to lay down a few laws. So maybe (laughs) I get that part too. But anyways, that's, so my rebellion is against conforming to things just because our community, whatever organization, whatever says you should kind of be a certain way and uh, be yourself and see where that takes you. If God, if you're following God, then I always say, I, if I make a left turn and then it was supposed to go right, he's going to make, give me a U-turn. So I don't have to worry about it too much. <laughs> yes. Yes. Renee, you know what the whole, um, your whole demeanor towards that whole answer just now really means a lot to me. Um, I feel like I find myself too legalistic or then swinging so far to the other side where I'm too rebellious for the sake of rebellion. And you brought both of those things up in such a demeanor as you, it just feels like you're really just there. Like you're, you're present. Now you've, you've, you've had different experiences in your life that have brought you to that place. But if you could 
talk to younger father, you know, who, you know, I got teenagers down to nine years old. Then we've got dads listening with little kids, you know, what would something, what's something that you would say to go, here's how you get to that place a little faster. And, and I get, I get that at some stance, like you just got to go through life to get there. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And, yeah. Yeah. And these are, I think what you're saying is like, these aren't tried and true. And you, if you do this, what I did, you're going to get it. Like, no, right, we all got to right. figure out that path. Right. And like, I tell parents like, Hey, just it's hard. Do the best you can. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer right there. It's like, I do not have the right answer for your kids. I could just tell you my experience that would happen with me and my kids. And, and I just can't even judge what other people go through because for two big reasons, one is we're all different people with all different histories and trauma or not trauma or whatever. And then we have our kids and, you know, whatever events they had. So it's just all different, a little bit different, but uh, okay. So the question was, what can I share? Give me the question again. Yeah. So the question was, what would you share with a with a dad that's, you know, in a season pre where you're at to say, to help us go, okay, here's how you balance that line a little bit without doing the um, legalistic or two things, two, two things that are both, both related to alcohol. <laughs> and mm. what was it me? <laughs> it was them, the kids. <laughs> anyway. So one of them was my oldest boy, you know, uh, they had a rule on the football team, you know, no drinking uh, in, in, in high school. And so and then again, I think he was at a party or whatever. And we knew he did. He did. And again, he's a good kid, right? And he's just a kid. So did I. And um, anyway, so we're in that dilemma, you know, hmm. do we turn him in? Because this is the, the rule, the law of the land, you know, mm-hmm. even though there's other kids all day long and the popular ones and everyone else, you know, so this is one of those things I was telling you, you like, there, there is no right set of rules. You got to figure out your choices in life and live with them. And so, <laughs> so we learned, we said, okay, we want to teach them a lesson, but we're not going to turn them in. So it's like, well, looks like that's what you did. You know, I mean, we were like serious at that point. I think we were going to turn them in. And so I just remember him sitting on, laying on his bed with his football helmet on. <laughs> Just laying down there, so remorseful for what he did, <laughs> and and then so we just let him know. I don't know how we let him know, but we said, "I think you got it." So cut it out. <laughs> Couldn't practice. You know mm. what I mean? That was that time. Other times they got grounded. Other times they didn't get to do things. So um, I, don't know, I think just hmm, don't. I think the reasons I. Uh, was hard on rules was for my comfort more than for their um, benefit. I not just on my comfort, but also my, I wasn't, um, I hadn't addressed my own fears. My, uh, I can remember saying like, if I, if I approve something, if I let them do something, I'm uh, our, if I don't make it wrong or punish it, then I'm condoning it. And that's not the case. So I think you have to like, no, I'm not condoning behavior. I don't want them. If they messed up, then I have a choice of how I want to deal with it. But how I want to deal with it doesn't mean I condone it. It just means that I'm making a choice based on the dad, on or actually the dad and mom, which is really big. Anytime yeah. we do any type of uh, 
you know, uh, whatever correction, um, then Carolyn and I were always good. We would leave the room. All right, huddle. We'd go to the bedroom, close the door, decide what we were going to do. And this was the big thing. We always had this, we always, we made this commitment. Like we're not going to make any punishment that we can't back up. Mm. So we would say like, we think we should do this. She's going to be grounded for the weekend. Okay. But we got to go to a party and we got to do something else. How are we going to back it up? Right. We're not. Okay. Then don't do that. <laughs> so it's really important. Otherwise that's just all messed up. And so the, the guys knew whenever, you know, whatever we said, it was going to be there because we were, they couldn't split us. And we made smart choices on, uh, you know, not setting ourselves up. So that was one with my, that was one with my other, but that older son, the alcohol with the other one is I have a younger son who's battled addiction since 15 years old, still does. And I think uh, that's a total journey. I really love to speak to any fathers and mothers out there that are just have children with, um, you know, with chemical dependency, alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's uh Go learn. Go just, I would say we had to go learn what uh, what it was. Now, my dad died young from alcoholism. My brother, grateful that, you know, he found recovery uh, in his mid-20s and has been sober for the rest of his life. Great dad there. And then I have my son who's still dealing with it. And so I have a good perspective on it. But, you know, we went to those meetings, the whatever groups they had, parent groups to learn. Yeah. What's going on? What's why don't they stop? What's why doesn't he just stop drinking? You know, and I think the most powerful thing that my uh, brother told me once, it, um, the one that's recovered, was Renee. There was a point where before I stopped, some people would just say, "Well, just stop drinking." You know, he's like, it didn't make sense to him. Hmm. It would be like saying, "Like, just stop eating." Right. <laughs> it just is. You know, it's stronger than I understand because. I can have a beer, glass of wine and have one or two. Matter of fact, that's about all I can have. And um, so you just have to, uh, it just gave me more empathy, but still I had to deal with the, the behavior that came around with it and the consequences and the problems at school and legal problems. And it just challenged us more than we ever felt like we could be challenged in our life. And, um, and it went on into his 20s and still today. Uh, and so there's just things, but I think over that whole time, Carolyn and I have stayed true to just loving, just loving Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he deals with more than I got to deal with. Hmm. He, his life is harder than my life relating to him. Sure. It's not easy for me sometimes, but his is way harder. <laughs> And so Carolyn's great about reminding me about that. It's like, you know, is uh, just he he needs us there for him at times. Sometimes he's just away and there's not much we could do. Hmm. Uh, other times he's there. So. so, yeah. So talk to me about entering in that. Sometimes he's here. Sometimes he's away. Uh, but you keep loving him. You remind yourself that his life is difficult um, because of his addiction and so how do you stay in that tension of like, I'm going to be here and continue loving you versus I'm just going to almost like pretend like, right. pretend like I can't, I, I don't, you're not around so that it's not so hard because, you know, like we have um, some family that has some serious addiction and they'll be gone or homeless or this, that, or the other for long periods of time. And it's like, I, I don't know at what point you 
disconnect, but as it's different when you're a parent. So what are some thoughts you have to maybe give some dads some encouragement who may just be in that place? Well, I think we have to all know what our own boundaries are and you can't just, you can't just find peace in it just because you listen to this podcast, it'll be a journey for you. So I think the first thing is just being committed that that's what you want. Probably a pastor during my time, Pastor Paul up in Washington told me, you know, like, Randy, don't lose your relationship, whatever you do, you know, never lose the relationship with your kids because you want them to come to you when they're ready to come to you hmm. versus trying to push your way, put imprint our, our teaching and all our wisdom on them now. So they get it and forget the relationship because this teaching is most important. Um, you just try to find the balance, but don't lose the relationship. And it was kind of like that thing when I talked about listening to Reed's music, you know, I was losing the relationship because he was trying to relate to me and I wasn't having it. And so I needed to. So let me ask. Yeah. So how do you relate? Okay. Cause I was going to ask this question. Then you use this word. The pastor told you to maintain the relationship. So if, if on most levels or, or maybe on deep core moral values for you, there's a conflict. How do you maintain a relationship with somebody? How do you relate to them? Yeah. So it's really about dealing with stuff in here. Okay. So let me give you a core value for me, you know, being honest, tell the truth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Big with me. Right. Also, because it's big with me, whenever that didn't happen, the, the, the guys lied, they covered up, whatever. I took it. That made me mad. Yeah. Yeah. I said, they don't, they don't respect me. You know, I would say stuff like that. And so then my relationship would get out because I was de- the re- the trigger in me that did not value this untruth lying. It made me mad. Well, that doesn't help. I don't. I cannot. True. I could. I could say telling the truth is a good value, but I don't have to get wigged out about it if someone else doesn't. See, that's my stuff. I was going to say that's my crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I could still say, like, you should tell the truth. You know, if you keep telling the truth, it's easier for me to communicate with you. If you lie every other time, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So it's really hard for me to relate to you, dude. And it ain't going to help you later on in life. Just saying. <laughs> you know? Man. Uh, see, <laughs> I bring it back again, Renee, to your 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 demeanor right now. It is pure, purely authentic. Like, I want to show up like that. And I know many of us do, like. Hey man, it's a, you know, it's, I'll get pissed if my son lies to me or, you know, yeah. like last night, my daughter kicked my other daughter and I saw the whole thing and I know, and they're like, no, nah, that's not why I kicked her. I'm like, bro, yes, I just saw you. And then because that's a core value of mine, I'm offended. Then I just brought all my shit into it. So then I made it yeah. a bit about me versus being like, I'm the dad. And Hey, it's hard for me when I see you do that to trust you with that. And like, just like zero attachment to the outcome in a, in a sense, like that's love, right? I mean, that, that feels that's like love. And, love. I, and I did the authenticity of where you're seeing me right now is 62 years, you know, <laughs> 35 years parenting in. So yeah, hang in yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Working it. So what, but what we all could have though, from the year when you have a newborn 
to when you have a <laughs> children with kids is you could have the commitment to want to own what's yours and deal yes. and try keep finding the separation between what am I putting on them because it bothers me. I was telling a manager yesterday, I said, in when in business, we have to decide when things are not right and we don't like them, is it because it's our we prefer it a different way? Or is it because that behavior or action is actually uh, uh, bad for the business you know, mm-hmm. or the customers? Sometimes it's fine for the business and customers. I just don't like the papers that way. I wish you would organize them better. You know, that irritates me. <laughs> it's like, too bad. Get over it, Renee. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yes, you're speaking just this is so, so good. This commitment to own what's yours. And, and yeah. I love how you said that it's dad's listening right now. You don't have to have this all figured out today. You don't have to walk away from this conversation going, oh my gosh, okay. And then beat yourself up when you mess up. It's, are you committed to owning what's yours for the next 62 years, right? right. For the next right. 35 years. And then a thing I always want to go back to two things you said that I think would really be helpful for us is what led us to this part of the conversation was you really talking about how you don't judge other people right? This authenticity that I'm looking for is, is like, when did you not lean into legalism? And when did you not lean into just being rebellious? It's just kind of like dancing the fine line in in between that. And one of the things you said is you didn't judge people. Um, And then what you said is when you were disciplining your kids, you wanted to make sure that it wasn't based on your fears. It was based on what would be good for them versus like, well, this is how people are going to view me at church or my neighbors or whoever. Um, and so the couple things I just wanted to remind everybody of here is, is uh, address your own fears. Like make this a question for yourself. The way you're responding to a situation, is it based on your own fear that you need to own, which comes back to what you said, commitment to own what's yours. Right. And I think that the, the term fear can throw some people off. It's just like, what are you afraid could happen you know, if, if you don't change this situation, change a behavior in your child, there's something you're afraid is going to happen. And that's when we push in hard, especially as dads, most dads, mm-hmm. you know, get a little more assertive, more loud, you know, and eventually silver backing with them. <laughs> that's kind of fun. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then those are usually the times that we're coming to have to apologize about, right? If, if, if we're really paying attention. Exactly. Uh, Oh, Renee, this is really, really good. Um, any other thoughts about building a relationship with your kid? You know, that's something that we brought up. Um, and you, you, you know, you share your relationship with one son and the other son, but the way you speak about them both is, is really like you have a, a relationship with both of them. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and also for those that don't, uh, that might be adoptive parents. So we're adoptive parents. And mm. so Reed was a newborn. Andrew was just under four years old when he came to us. And, and if any of you have done that, you know, those are two different situations. Um, though, if you've adopted a child who has been, uh, was older, there's just so much that uh, is what we, you know, our Reed was a newborn. We actually helped with the delivery. And so pretty close to natural as you can get. Right. Mm-hmm. So all his imprinting besides pre-birth, you know, we, it was with us and uh, you know, we were just great parents, right? Yes. And so we're <laughs> going to go adopt another child. All right. Um, 
God sent us Andrew, right? And uh, we had no idea what someone, what a kid's trauma early in life can do because we weren't given a whole lot of trauma to read. And Carolyn and I didn't have so much growing up. We had some, but not so much. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, Andrew got tons. And so there's just, there was so many unknown behaviors. And I would say if any of you that have adopted a child that um, was a little bit older, and if their behavior is really difficult, give yourself a break, breathe a lot, and um, try to uh, seek out some counselors or whatever to try to understand. There's a, a they can contact me. I got some books and stuff I could send people, but that's one of the most difficult things, especially if you've had uh, like we did where you were thinking, what are we doing wrong? We're doing all the same stuff. Well, sometimes in parenting and being a dad, you have to be a little bit different, consistent in some things, different in other things. Mm. Um, and, but always, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but the boys know that they're treated equal, even though it was different, treated equally but different, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Renee, it just sounds like you and your wife have done such an incredible job just loving your kids. And and I know, you you know, it's process, it's learning Um, and the grace that you have for yourself, but also the commitment, right? Because I don't want to untie those two grace, but a commitment to excellence of how you're loving your children well. Um, and as a father myself and as dads who are spending a half an hour listening to a podcast, clearly that's what we want too. You know, we're like, we want to do this right. And I think sometimes, you know, shoot, even if you look at my own Instagram posts or whatever stuff about fatherhood, it seems like, oh, we're hunting and we're Disneyland and we're skateboarding and we're doing all these things. And, and a lot of those things are very minuscule to all the in-between stuff, the waking them up and feeding them and getting their clothes on and arguing with them and taking them to school and making sure their school's done right and feeding them lunch. And I mean, I could go on through the rest of the day, right? All the, just the stuff. Um, And that's really where we find ourselves like, I don't want to take a picture of what happened this morning in the house with the kids and them fighting or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And, And I bring that up to go, that's the real fatherhood piece. It's not like I'm wearing a number one dad shirt. It's that I'm showing up again and again and again and again and again, which you're a testament to and your kids are in their thirties and you have a relationship with them. And that's what I want. Um, and I want to have the demeanor that you have towards it of, of grace, love, and, and excellence. Cool. Wow. Thank you. No, thank you for just so many nuggets that you shared with us today. Thank you for uh, the way that you've shown up, you know, 38 years almost for your marriage and then for your kids. That's incredible. Any last thoughts before I ask my final question? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I wanted to say that, you know, re- really trusting God with your kids. And so, again, Andrew, I mean, he's been homeless in San Francisco, where we know he's at, times where we don't know he's at, times where he's, you know, out of touch for six months. And God, and I just, you know, where where does prayer come from? From us or from God? From God. And so God's shown me how to pray. And, um, you know, for Andrew, it's like, I know Andrew's heart. It's a Mm -hmm. good heart. He like, he cares about people. He, he's the one that'll, you know, he'll help someone across the street. He'll pick something up. He'll go defend someone who's, you know, being mistreated. Even if he has nothing, I know he has that heart. So my God would have me pray for him, you know, help him use his 
godly gifts today in whatever his circumstances were, where before his circumstances defined me as a dad, you know, and, but, cause that's something I could share that society thinks is a good thing. Oh, yes. good for you. Not good for you. Instead of this is my son and this is who he is. And am I going to accept and appreciate and love his true character, all of it? Or am I going to only accept him when he's kind of fits into a more comfortable look for me? Yeah. I accept him the way he is. Mm, Renee, that's so good. So good. Uh, um, okay. Here's my final question. It's a legacy question. Yeah. And you may sort of already be in the state is that you have four grandkids now. Yeah. But, but when you think about, um, let's just say, let's say you're for your grandkids, say in 20 years, you're able to peer into the homes of your grandkids. Now, what is it that you see knowing the way that you showed up day in, day out that you see playing out in their homes as they're starting their own families? It's such a hard question because I, God just does things the way he does them. And so I think it's hard for me to predict how that would be. I would just, only thing I would hope is they would all, uh, they could hear God's voice. They would see God build their, building their trust in him and they could listen for his voice. Hmm. That's, that's all I want for him because he can do so much more than I could ever do for him. Hmm. Hmm. Renee, beautiful. Man, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your life, your wisdom, uh, your stories. And uh, I just, uh, it's really an honor to know you. And I, and I hope that we can stay connected and I can keep learning from the man that you are. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. So, and thank you, Lord. Do the football thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Until next time. All right. Take care. Wow, what an incredible conversation. I learned so much from Renee. It's amazing the opportunity that we have to learn from those who have walked before us. You know, Renee has raised two boys. They're now out of the house and he is still their dad. He shared his wisdom with us and many of us uh, listening are still living with children in our home. And what an opportunity we had to gain from a dude who has done this already and we can learn from him. Hey, I want to remind you, let's change the world by inspiring fathers to engage in their role as dads. We can do this simply through a kid's book. I need your help though to bring it to life and to fund the project. Um, the book is done and we are looking to have it printed. We should have it in hand within six months. I'm so excited about it. To learn more, go to our Instagram page, our Facebook page, or to the website rebelandcreate.com. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Do not be like everybody else. Be yourself. That's who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. 